0: Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work from Austin, Texas. This is Bodies by Brent, and this is your host, Brent Ruska.
1: Welcome to episode eight of Bodies by Brent podcast. I'm your host, Brent Ruska. And today we have Aleni Otolagana. Uh, she is a women's health expert. And today we are covering everything about PCOS and signs, symptoms, what it is and ways to heal yourself naturally through that. So I'm very excited for you to tune into this episode and learn more. Eleni, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, For everybody who doesn't know you, introduce who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah, I'm a registered dietitian and um, Reiki master here in the Austin area. I'm mostly virtual. Uh, For those of you who don't know what Reiki is, it's a form of energy healing. Um, So I like to integrate the principles of it in my coaching with women.
1: That's awesome. Did you just start doing Reiki? Is that recent or?
2: No, I've been doing it for three or four years now. Prior to that, I was just mostly, um, using it on myself as like a form of healing. Um, and then others. So when you get certified in it, that's, that's kind of what they suggest is, you know, work on yourself first before you help others. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: I got certified in Guatemala like six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I had a friend who would do it on me all the time. It's uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do it virtual?
2: I do it virtual. Um, I think most people prefer in person just because it's the atmosphere. It's the healing touch. Um, but I personally love the virtual because it just proves how powerful the work is, that you don't have to be in person, and it kind of blows people away. So.
1: Yeah, my sister loves virtual. She did one recently, and she was like, nice. I thought it was going to be BS, but she's like, I had this whole experience and da-da-da. So that's amazing that you can do a virtual. Yeah. Just opens up a lot of possibilities.
2: Yeah. It's really great.
1: So I'm excited for this episode because I had a client before I left Seattle that I trained all throughout the pandemic. And she had a hard time getting her body to change. And it took us a lot of work trying to figure out what it was. And a lot of times when a client's body doesn't change, you know, I have a very gentle approach, slowly changing habits. And finally, after almost a year she had discovered she had PCOS, right? And I didn't know anything about it. It It's actually the first time I even came across it in 16 years of training people, right? So this episode is dedicated to her to uh, share your wisdom, but also educate any woman that may be struggling and is confused about maybe why their body's not changing and learn more about what PCOS is. So I know you have a very personal experience with this yes so take me back to your beginning of this journey
2: yeah so i'm going to start back at age five because it um helps a lot my mom used to work in an apothecary on the weekends What's that? Um, it's like an herbal store, like herbs, okay. tinctures, all the holistic stuff. Your
1: mom's
0: and a hippie. Cool.
2: she was a hippie before it was cool. She was buying organic meats. Yeah. I was like, mom, don't tell my friends you buy organic meat. That's so <laughs> weird. Oh,
0: man,
1: you'd be so cool now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so she used to do that just on the side. And I would always say, can I come help? And um, she said, when you were five years old, you told me you want to be an herbalist. So I knew there was like, I, I've always felt this purpose to be in health and wellness. Um Grew up in a really holistic household, obviously. And then I was diagnosed with PCOS, which I think kind of blew me away. And because my mom and I were so close, she was also surprised. Like, I don't understand. You know, we're a healthy family. Um, PCOS does have a genetic component. But what I like to say is it takes environmental triggers to just flip that switch. And once the switch is flipped on for some women, that's where we start to see the symptoms. Um, So the doctors had me on five medications at one point. When is This this was all in my early to mid-teens, which is um, most women actually have PCOS um, or start to see signs in their adolescence, but doctors just think, oh, they're going through puberty, not a big deal, put them on the pill. Um, And then it's 10, 15 years later that women realize, no, that, that was actually when it started.
1: Wow. So what were you experiencing that led you to go to the doctor?
2: um the first thing was a lot of hair growth like unwanted hair growth um and it did take me a while to get even comfortable being like hey i'm gonna tell you that i had hair in places (laughs) that i didn't want as a teenager um so i'm greek and italian some people can't see me so i'm already dark by nature and um dark haired and so my doctor was i went to see her i was like i am like 13 14 years old i don't want this hair on my face or my chest or my back and um, she said, it's just part of your heritage. and But something didn't make sense to me. I'm like, it grew overnight. Um, my menstrual cycle started getting really irregular. My hair started falling out. So I had to really advocate for the testing um, because I'm kind of like a normal weight for my height as well. They said, you don't fit that typical PCOS look. Um, but I actually ended up having insulin resistance and I was bordering pre-diabetes, which is kind of crazy to, wow. to think. So. Um, had all these symptoms. So I was on metformin, birth control, uh, pills. I was on, um, thyroid medication at one point. I was on sprenolactone and then anxiety medication for all the the symptoms and the emotional piece. Wow. So it was a lot, um, And again, going back to that, like being five years old and believing in holistic approaches to healing, um, I just didn't feel right taking all this medication. It didn't make me feel good. It gave me a lot of like leaky gut and IBS type symptoms as well. Um, So I just took it upon myself to heal naturally. Um, And at and I had always known I wanted to be in nutrition, healing. So, of course, my parents were like, but you have to go to college and you have to get a degree that matters. Um, so I decided to go the registered dietitian route because that felt more legit, I guess, than just doing health coaching at 17 or 18 years old, um, or I was kind of forced to go to college. Um, so did all that. And then throughout college, I was able to work on healing my body, but also learn the science and the education. Um which is really important when you're a provider and caring for other people. It's great if one approach works for you, but you have to zoom out and realize that one diet that works for one person won't work for others. So I really am grateful for my formal education that it's helped me to take a step back, um, but also look deeper at the science. Um, so then I was able to completely reverse my PCOS. It took about seven to eight years just because I kind of felt like I was paving my own path. There weren't as many resources back then. I didn't really have as many people supporting me. So I was kind of like a dummy. Like I would read, I would study in school and then I would try things on my own. Um, but I had some wonderful mentors in the healing space, like my Reiki master, um, my functional medicine doctor, acupuncturist. So I kinda had my own team and I frontlined it and always did whatever felt right for my body. And then I just knew I had to work in women's health. Um and specifically PCOS. So kind of a roundabout answer, but I think no, it yeah, gives people more information. And, you know, I empathize with all you women with the symptoms. Like I, I know how it feels. So I think that I have the education, but I have that emotional piece that I understand makes a big difference. Um so many women go to their doctors and The doctors say, just come back if you want to get pregnant. Like, they don't realize the emotional toll. Um, Women are more likely to experience anxiety and depression if they have PCOS, too. So that's something we need to be aware of. There's a very big mental health component to it as well.
1: That's very interesting. Well, take me through you starting to try to get your health back on track naturally. Like, what were the things you started to implement, the first couple things that you started to kind of play around or test?
2: Yeah, diet was the biggest thing. So, like I said, I was already eating fairly healthy, but with What was your diet
1: kind of like then...
2: Then I was definitely eating like oh the whole grains train like thirty two whatever it was like thirty two grams of whole grains a day I don't even remember it was <laughs> yeah. just like each year I would eat like my Nutri-Grain bar and I would eat my whole wheat sandwich was and this I would what eat my bowl of oatmeal college yeah this was thing? like college and in yeah. high school just like your standard I don't know like pyramid right if you think of that yeah. um, I guess before the My Plate came out. And so I was eating what I thought was pretty healthy, but I think all the grains at that time, it was just too much sugar and it wasn't being balanced out with the protein and the fat and the fiber that I needed. So um, having the insulin resistance and the swings in blood sugar, my first thing was diet, like, you know, improve your diet a little bit more. Um, So you
1: started cutting out grains?
2: I didn't completely cut out Um, I went through my phases with cutting out foods and I was like, this is, this makes you crazy. So I'm an advocate now with women of um, like moderation, mindful, intuitive eating. Um, So I didn't completely cut out the grains, but I balanced it out. So there was a lot more, a lot more veggies on the plate, um, prioritizing protein and, you know, snacks can be tasty, but they don't have to be. A hundred calorie pack of pretzels, or you know, a whole grain granola bar—like all these things that our food system wants us to believe are healthy—but mm-hmm. um, they're all refined carbs. So there's a lot of great other snacks like nuts, dark chocolate. You know, do you feel like and
1: that's one of the main things that exacerbates the health problems? Is that refined? carbohydrates grains
2: yeah when i said like uh, pcos is genetic but then you take that environmental switch that just flips it on our food system i believe is a big trigger and i okay. think we're seeing more pcos because of our toxic food system right like because we're yes. being told all these foods are healthier you go to the grocery store and it's just aisles and aisles of like cereal and snacks and cookies and yeah it's overwhelming
1: what, what are some of the things to be aware of
2: Um, a lot of the, so what I tell people is, you know, when you're going down to the grocery store, I'm trying to, don't make this confusing, (laughs) um, stick to the perimeter of the store. That's like the best way to grocery shop because you get your produce, your vegetables and your fruit. Fruit is a great option for a natural carbohydrate. You get a lot of your protein, your eggs. If you want to do a little bit of dairy, I know people are, a lot of people think you have to be dairy gluten-free. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, And then, if you go down in the middle of the aisle, just grab your dried legumes, your olive oil, your nuts, and your seeds. other than that, you should get most of your nourishment from the outside of the store and that's the best yeah. way to avoid is this snack healthy? Does it have too much sugar? Is it gluten free? What's the sodium content? Like you can just bypass all of it and get back to the basics
1: Just eat real food eat real food yeah, uh, that is a a great first starting place. do you notice so you had insulin resistance and I imagine A lot of people with PCOS, they have insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. Is that one of the symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. I imagine that you come across people or people try to do like keto or super low carb. Can you tell me about that, positives, negatives, or your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, before I work with any clients, we get on the phone and talk because I want to learn a little bit more about their PCOS. And I would say 90% have tried low carb or keto. Or
1: fasting. Or
2: fasting and... The reason we're talking is because they just don't work long term. I think um, in the short term, maybe they're supportive in helping people cut out processed foods. Um, but we also have to remember that women with PCOS are more likely to experience disordered eating patterns because they're being told by their doctor, don't eat carbs, or they're being told by the media, you should do keto. Um, so I think these diets can be very supportive. And there's a lot of supporting science, um, but a lot of the science is also on men and they're. Uh, hormonally, very different, right? Women are a little more complex and delicate when it comes to our hormone balance. So,
1: and I agree. And I, mm-hmm. you can tell me if what you think about this is I notice I try to really steer away from, especially any female client, going low carb. I really try to because there is also this, you know, it develops that disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, especially as. All humans, but women age. Going low carb is very stressful on the system and it's very hard to I don't know, it it creates more cortisol. Yes. Is that Yeah, I'm
2: getting that excited it? because as is a it? trainer and a male trainer, I think for you to understand this about women is just it's amazing. Um, so your women clients are very lucky to work with you <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Thank you.
2: Um, that you're not. Cause I've heard too, from certain trainers that push a lot of my PCOS clients uh, in the, in the low carb and the, the, in the clean eating, don't do this, don't do that. And it's just, it creates a storm um, and more cortisol, more issues with blood sugar.
1: Also, how realistic is it long-term?
2: It's just not, I mean, women need carbs
1: and you perform better on yeah. carbohydrates. Now, my other approach is, If someone is dying to do that, I allow them because you need to let people experiment. But I agree with you. A higher carbohydrate or a moderate is a good idea.
2: Yeah. Uh, It's all about optimization. I love that word because it's not about restricting, but we want to optimize the way you're eating carbs. Are you eating an apple alone at 3 p.m. are you pairing it with some nuts you know or are you eating a piece of toast for breakfast but why don't you put peanut butter on it i mean these are just little things you can do to optimize and then we can just continue to optimize from there but i always like to do that emotional check-in like are you feeling restricted are you enjoying your food awesome let's do more let's cut back so
1: that's awesome there's
2: that individual approach you can take to
1: really customizing it yeah yeah tell me about optimizing carbohydrates
2: Yeah. So one of my favorite, I'll give you a little, everybody listening gets a little, I guess, inside scooped what I do privately, but I love something called the food order. Um, I did learn this from um, a a doctor I worked with um, in obesity medicine. And it's um, one way to optimize your carbs is eat your protein first and eat your carbs last. Um, And this actually helps with blood sugar and insulin regulation. So that's just one example of how you can optimize eating carbohydrates.
1: Awesome. So it's, it seems like the strategy is making sure that you kind of fill the gut up with something to kind of blunt the insulin response.
2: Yep. Okay. Yep. You just don't want to spike. It's like this massive roller coaster you can think of at Six Flags. People know what that is, right? Yeah. And So uh, with PCOS, we see a lot of those major swings in blood sugar and insulin. So we just want them to be a little bit smaller, like the kitty roller coaster. Um, and we <laughs> yeah. do that by the order in which we eat our food, how often we eat the type of plate we're eating um you know working on obviously other stuff like gut health stress stress raises your blood sugar who would have thought
1: (laughs) do you have Um, a a a suggested amount of meals people eat a day or is that completely individual as well
2: um it can be individual but i tell women don't skip meals so even if you want to do some sort of like intermittent fasting approach uh you shall still should not skip breakfast um So usually like three meals a day and then the snacking piece, you know, that might be different depending on the person. But I always advocate for just eating regular meals again, back, back to basics.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Keep it simple, right? Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. So going back to your health journey, so you started to mess around with your food. Mm -hmm. sounds like you started implementing the things you were learning here, Mm -hmm. right? What are some of the other things you started to do that you found helped you get back to alignment with your health?
2: Yeah, I think another big piece is exercise um, because that's obviously uh, a lot of women with PCOS aren't sure what to do. Do I do the hit workouts? Do I have to do the low impact? So I at first was doing these really crazy hit workouts thinking that's what I had to do for the insulin and the blood sugar. And I think it honestly just made my testosterone and cortisol so much higher. It's like you're in college. You're not even sleeping that much. You have all these classes. So I would get up and do these intense workouts thinking, OK, you got your exercise in now you're going to go to class, rush around all day. And looking back, it was probably the worst thing I could have done for my body. So, um, had to like redefine my relationship with exercise, um, and what would work best for my body, but also incorporate the forms of movement that I love. So I grew up dancing and I just completely let that go when life got busy. So, um, exercise was the next big piece for me, which obviously, you know, you're the expert on and you probably help women kind of, Uh, define, right, what sort of movement is best for their bodies, too.
1: Yeah, what I notice, and it's similar to what you're sharing, is a lot of women, especially as they start to get past, like, 35, and they get into that older bracket, older, uh, that high-stress workout works against them. Mm -hmm. And I hear the story over and over again. I was doing high-intensity cardio. I was doing spin classes all the time and then their body just says no more, and it just crashes on them. Mm -hmm. And then my approach is typically getting them to just become stronger, long rest breaks, building lean muscle, and then also what movements do your body like and being a little bit nicer to yourself, then the weight just starts to come off. That high cortisol, it seems, for women is the enemy in any possible way.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, that yeah. was a big learning lesson um, and not even I like to say movement instead of exercise because our bodies are meant to be in motion. Like we're a species. Yeah. We're just meant to move our bodies. But again, we complicate everything. In yeah, you were society. just on a walk. Yeah, I was like, I just did a great long walk yeah. <laughs> and, and I was happy. And some days I go dance and some days I do Pilates because I know I need to in terms of old injuries. So it's all about like nourishing your body with movement. And what does that look like for you as an individual?
1: Yeah. Getting people to figure out what feels good to them again, Mm kind of like building that direction. Mm -hmm. That's good. So you started to incorporate, so you got your nutrition starting to move in a way that feels good. Was there other things that you helped to like lower your stress or other practices that helped you?
2: Yeah. So, um, because I viewed PCOS very holistically and as a whole body, um, situation, as I do now in my practice, I, uh, did like a deep dive into my gut health. So, um, metformin and birth control can um, exacerbate the gut and cause leaky gut type symptoms. Um, so, I had to clean my gut up and work on that. Your gut plays a big role in insulin regulation, um, hormone detoxification, you know, mood, thyroid health, so many things. So, I spent a lot of time um, improving my gut, and I work with women um, now doing that too. Um, yeah, and- tell me
1: a little bit more about the metformin mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So. My old client, she is on metformin, it's helping her, but she's confused, like, do I need to be on it forever? Do I need to be on it at all? Like, go into that a little bit. Your thoughts on that?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so obviously it's the medication prescribed by your doctor, so always speak to your doctor about any concerns you have with um, medication, but it was giving me some really bad stomach aches, so I just knew for me it wasn't... um, the right fit Mm -hmm. and there are natural approaches that you can use for blood sugar and insulin regulation that work similar to metformin okay um metformin can also deplete key vitamins minerals antioxidants so um if somebody decides to stay on it i always advocate for gut support vitamin mineral antioxidant support as well um so there's the approach where if you want to stay on it, you absolutely can. If it's something that doesn't feel right to you, um, then talk to your doctor and then work with a healthcare provider that's familiar with natural approaches, right, to support that insulin blood sugar response and replete whatever um, whatever might have gotten, I can't think of the word, depleted?
1: <laughs> depleted, yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the natural replacements you can do? So yeah. if you don't want to take metformin and you're like, this is not working for me, what, what, what can you do instead?
2: Yeah, a really great example is like an inositol blend that works similar. Um, Women can even take that while on metformin, which is great. So if you feel more comfortable with like a weaning process and again, just some gentle gut support, maybe a probiotic, depending on what's going on, what kind of gut symptoms they have or some gentle um, like multivitamins too. So,
1: okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's very good. So I want to go over this again because I'm still confused on it. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome syndrome Mm -hmm. and so what is that exactly Mm -hmm.
2: so it is um one of the most common endocrine disorders in women of childbearing age and the reason i say that is because it's often confused as just like a reproductive issue because you think oh it's and impacting my fertility. Um, but it's so much more than that, right? Because okay. it, there's a big role in um, our hormones, like our insulin, and testosterone and stuff. Um, so you have to be diagnosed with two out of the three criteria to, if you technically get diagnosed with PCOS. So that could be um, high androgens, polycystic ovaries, or ovulatory dysfunction, so irregular or missing periods. So female has to be diagnosed with two of those, One thing that gets confusing is a lot of women do have insulin resistance with PCOS, but that's not an actual um, diagnosis criteria. Got it. But um, it can be one of the root causes of PCOS. So that's what's actually called what it is. And then because of um, whatever root cause is going on, then it manifests as many different symptoms, right? So we know hair loss, excess hair growth on the body, um, cystic acne, Weight gain, um, infertility is a big one, and then any other symptoms of insulin resistance like dark patches, skin tags, um, anxiety, depression. So it's kind of like a host of symptoms from there.
1: Wow, that's and, and why do you feel like it gets missed often in women?
2: I think it gets missed because we just aren't educated about it enough. Um I mean, doctors are incredible, right? We have, we also have an amazing like acute healthcare system, but understanding these more complex conditions, I just don't think we don't think we have the knowledge. I mean, even looking back in my schooling, I might've read two sentences on PCOS. And that was even crazy to me because there's so much you can do nutrition and lifestyle wise to manage it or prevent it. If you have the, genetic predisposition so i just don't think there's enough awareness around it so it gets missed um or like i said in adolescence if a girl doesn't have her period right away or if it's not regular the doctor's like oh this is normal at this age and then we just ignore it
1: got it that's yeah i feel like we're so advanced in the medical and so far behind at the same time there's so much to discover And so much we don't know still. Mm -hmm. So it's good for people like you specializing to bring more awareness to this. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to any woman watching this who's like thinking she may have this or, you know, is experiencing some signs or symptoms? Like what should be some of her first steps? Or what are some ways of her to like tune in and be like, "Maybe maybe I do have this? Or what should she be looking for? And what you should you do as like a first step?
2: Yeah, I think it depends on um what kind of symptoms, so because there's a host of different Tons symptoms. Of, yeah. yeah, you can obviously you know go to your doctor and ask for the proper testing um, for pcOS. But some of the other best practices are um, tuning into your diet. So are you tending to eat a lot of carbs? Are you lacking on protein? Are your meals not regular? Um, Are you overexercising? So a root cause of PCOS separate from the insulin um, is the testosterone that is being secreted by the adrenal glands. And we see that in very um, like type A women that overexercise, tend to be a little bit slimmer. Um, So tune into your movement. You know, again, the fitness industry, I think, profits off of making us feel like we have to do these really intense long workouts when we don't have to. Um, So tune into that. Um, How's your gut health? You know, do you experience a lot of IBS type symptoms? Um, And then just your general life, life and your relationship. So I know it's kind of broad, but I would say kind of go through, you know, go to your doctor and actually ask, but then kind of do this check in, like, where am I? Where am I out of balance? Because everything kind of just always needs to be balanced. And if one's way out of whack, then the body will respond and likely you'll start to get symptoms or something
1: so it's all connected it's all connected all connected yeah so when a woman comes to you and is first wanting help kind of take me through a journey of someone first coming to you to getting to a better symptom-free spot
2: yeah so like i said we have just an initial uh phone call just because there are different root causes of pcos so i want to gather or get an idea of what her root cause might be. So maybe they've already gotten the testing and they know they're insulin resistant or they're not insulin resistant, but they're having some you know, similar symptoms to PCOS. So I might advocate for some additional lab testing. Um, I can provide some um, in-depth labs or we can even do some labs that you can get at your doctor. So some some form of testing, but typically it's a nutrition and lifestyle coaching program. Um, I do like to work with women for longer periods of time, even though we can see results fairly quickly when we address the root cause. It takes time, you know, for the body to come back into balance. So um, typically we are having these really in-depth coaching sessions where I'm getting to know somebody better. We're developing an individualized approach to eating. We're addressing lifestyle like stress, sleep um, natural light exposure, which is kind of sounds silly, but it's a biggie, um, in hormone regulation. Um, and then again, if we have to deep dive, Hey, how's your thyroid health thyroid, um, and PCOS are closely linked. So women with PCOS are more likely to have some sort of thyroid issue like hypothyroidism. So I kind of like to cruise around the body too, and then do a check in and say, okay, what other body systems have been ignored? Um, and there's a very organic, natural, and intentional flow to these sessions. Um, so I know I'm being kind of broad because
1: no, you're ex- they, it's great,
2: perfect, yeah. Because everybody's a little bit different. But I
1: completely understand. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, when I train people, it's like you just let it happen, happen. as yeah. it needs to happen, right? Yep. And it's it's good for you, like you said. It took you seven to eight years to get, yeah, right. So, and that's the thing. If you really want to find good health, it takes time, mm-hmm. right? And I guess that could be motivational for anybody watching this is like don't get frustrated if you tried a 2 3 month diet and it's not doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you're not on the right path it just takes time and you need patience.
2: Yeah and what I tell women too um I think another reason I'm so passionate about PCOS is I spent thousands of dollars in those years um trying to figure it out so I think sometimes we get scared to kind of like embark on a journey of what if this doesn't work but there's also just this like you have to trust if it sounds like it might support you um like I never want people to have to struggle for that long um and usually within little as three months to six months to a year I see women's symptoms really start to subside when we're doing the right thing so I kind of played like dummy (laughs) trying to figure it out And there's a lot of PCOS experts now, too, which is amazing, because I think we all kind of had to figure it out over the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, and now we're trying to bring the information more forefront. Yeah,
1: it seems very new. Yes, I I just don't want to
2: scare people. I'm like, you don't have to struggle for seven years till you (laughs) find your You (laughs) did all the work for you. Me and uh, some other people did the work, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's good. How do you integrate Reiki with, because it seems like this is a complementary or uh, synergistic practice with helping women, yes?
2: yeah so um I refer to my clients, well, I say this them, I'm like, you're kind of like an onion, so we're pulling the layers back, so we start usually with like nutrition lifestyle. we get deeper, we get deeper, and you know Reiki is a form of energy medicine ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the body is made of energy, so is there any stagnation in the body due to emotional or, or physical trauma essentially? Um, so as I get to know the client better and we dive really deep sometimes the Reiki comes up organically. Oh, I want to try this out. Oh, I kind of want to dig deeper. Um, who am I at this core level? You know, how is PCOS impacting me at this really deep emotional space or deep level? Um, so then a client might come in and we'll do some Reiki practices um, or I integrate it in my coaching. I guess I'm kind of an intuitive coach. Like I said, I have that science background, but that holistic intuitive side of me, it, think has been there since a little girl um so we might do some types of meditation focus on an energetic space um and i think when i work with clients individually i get these intuitive thoughts of oh this might be a good recommendation or yeah i really want to go down this um path if that makes sense so Mm. i'm all very science-based but i'm like so intentional with my coaching because i have that kind of like intuitive energy background
1: i love that Mm. so when did you first get exposed to reiki
2: When I was maybe like 15 or 16, uh, my best friend's mom, my best friend's mom was a hippie too. (laughs) She used to do Reiki, just like small town Massachusetts. And we'd come home from high school and she'd like lay us on the bed and get her pendulum out and essential oils. I'm like, I don't know what she's doing to me, but I'm relaxed. I'll go with it. Yeah, cool. So that was my first introduction. And then naturally I just, um, started being pulled and I met, uh, somebody at an herbal conference and I walked up to her. She wasn't even advertising for Reiki. She was a massage therapist too. And I said, do you teach Reiki? Like something inside of me just wanted to ask. And then she ended up becoming my Reiki master. And she's an amazing um, guide and mentor to this day.
1: So how long have you been practicing or studying Reiki?
2: Studying? Well, I guess studying since... 18 is when I would start picking up books. Like when I first entered college, I would kind of do it on the side. And I always wanted to do start the certification, but there just was never really the time. So then it probably took like five or six years after to actually do it. Okay. Uh, There's always this greater timing. Like that's my, another piece of advice, like don't rush things. It'll come to you. (laughs) Just (laughs) let 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 things happen, put the intention out there and then they'll come. So
1: that's cool. How did Reiki, how would you say it's affected your life over the years of, practicing it and having and receiving it like what do you notice the benefits are for you now as well and then even just your clients
2: yeah that was a totally a big piece in my personal healing journey I think it was like the last little chunk that I had to do because I was so in my brain about you do this you took that supplement you do that and the energy work helped helped me kind of just like release and release a lot of that stagnant energy and the old thought patterns, right? Like these old neural pathways that I had around my body and limiting beliefs. So for me, it was pivotal. Um, and I think what I've seen in women when I practice on them or, or, you know, use the principles of Reiki and the coaching, it allows them to shift out of these limiting beliefs around their body and their health and kind of step into who they are authentically and realize, wow, I'm actually, I'm not PCOS. I'm this completely other person and they kind of step into their, like, intuitive power, which is super cool.
1: I like that. They're, like,
2: different people. Really? When we stop working together, I love it, yeah.
1: Do you have anybody you can talk about without mentioning who they are?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had people that have gone on, I'll give a few examples, they've gone on and actually gotten their Reiki certification. Um, they've kind of shifted in their career path. They've spent their time different on a personal level. Um, and then, you know, obviously, like, the main symptoms have subsided. So, you know, maybe you've gotten pregnant or are enjoying foods and meals out, like just different people, like the way they're showing up in the world is different because they've shed all this like stagnation, right? And all the shoulds and, and then the actual physical symptoms that were holding them back aren't there anymore. So there's just this like clarity and excitement about life again.
1: That's super powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I like meeting people like you because, Trying to get somebody to get to better health takes a lot of different people for someone Mm -hmm. to reach that place, right? Oh yeah. And having that network, you know, I like to refer out a lot. You know, I give a little bit of a nutrition advice, but it's more of kind of like build a better relationship with food and try to eat real food. And it's kind of like that's as far as I like to go. Too much down that path. Let's just focus on getting stronger and feeling good. Uh, And I think that energy piece is super important as well. Finding some way to kind of. I don't know, clear yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people, if this is like the first time you're hearing about energy work, might be like, gosh, they're so woo-woo. It's like just one, it, it's not. And, you know, maybe you do some deep breathing for five minutes and see how you feel. Like that's all part of the practice too. So it's not like, hey, you have to step in and do this really intense spiritual <laughs> work. It's no. not at all. Um, and that's so cool too that you have um kind of a background in Reiki. It's like, who would have ever thought? Personal trainer right so we're all normal people too.
1: <laughs> exactly well it's, a, it, it's always been my passion to try to explore as many things as possible because training people over the years like the first five six years you realize oh they're the physical component is just like one little piece of this whole thing there's this emotional mental and then eventually you come to this like energetic level whatever you want to you know define it as and you have to work on all those different layers, mm-hmm. right? Or you won't completely get to alignment of your health, Yeah, right? You can't ignore one without the other. And I only know this because, you know, I don't know if you've, you know, you go down that path and you keep reaming on one thing, the physical plane or whatever, and it's just not working, mm-hmm. Right.
2: The physical body is such a, I'm reading a book right now and they kind of say in a way like the physical body is just, it's like the smallest amount of who you are mm-hmm. really. Um,
1: yeah. And then I think in yoga, right? The physical mm-hmm. body is the gateway into the different, deeper layers of the self, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the, you know, emotional, mental, and then you go deeper or whatever. So yeah, it's just the first piece, mm-hmm. right? So what do you do for your own, I don't know, uh, to keep yourself centered practices
2: yeah i'm i'm actually and i'm not lying about this like i because i feel like we're all (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) well like i feel like as a health professional we're like i take this time off and i do that i'm like when i say i work like 30 to 40 hours a week that's it like i i take my mornings for myself i take my evenings for myself and i'm truly being honest about that because that's what helps me show up more so um one of my biggest things that I do is like get outside every day and usually in the morning and at night. It's just, I'm a tourist and I just need that time outdoors to recenter. Smart. Um, I try to like get into water on a regular basis too. And then I have a yoga practice. I don't sit and meditate a ton each day, but I do a lot of breath work through yoga or, um, I go on a lot of walks and I just like, don't bring my electronics or I don't you know I just like I'm totally in the moment so I try to create that mindfulness daily Um, and another thing is I'm actually really into music and dancing so then I kind of get that more like extroverted I guess energy like I'm not all this like zen person I then need that time with like music and friends and um, so that's kind of how I keep centered is just I guess balancing that yin and yang right like having that time where you're Fun and you're extroverted, but then having that time to go inward too the, slow down.
1: Walking has been a big thing in my life that's helped me find center. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing a lot lately, but there would be times where I was in places in my life where I didn't know what to do next. And it was very challenging. And I would just go on like three-hour walks. Yeah, And then you just feel so much better. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day. It's like Andrew Huberman. I think he's a Stanford neuroscientist Mm. rich roll recently interviewed him and he was talking about there's a state in which the brain finds a relaxation only through movement Mm. either swimming or walking or a repetitive movement your brain uh, enters this i can't remember the term but it can only be reached through movement very interesting walking is amazing
2: It is. It's great. Yeah. So I used to take walks all the time when I was, I don't know, a lot younger, and I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like power walking, (laughs) and now I'm like, now I'm at like an age where I can actually power walk. It's not as weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like the mom power walker (laughs) down the street. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell us your your favorite places to go power walking.
0: Oh,
2: Um, I mean Town Lake. Like I was telling you, that's a good you get a big loop and it goes by pretty quick. Like you could walk quite a while and it's a Mm -hmm. lot of great people watching. Um, and then I'll go on the green belt, the green belt. I could spend like hours on just walking miles. Um, you just kind of like, it's like very meditative.
1: Yeah. 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 It's super, uh, especially (laughs) right now. Everything's green. Well, kind of muddy, but green and
2: very lush. Yeah. 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 I had to actually, um, cross the other weekend because we've had so much rain Mm -hmm. I had to cross this water and it was like up to my waist it was quite an adventure hey it's like rushing water yeah
1: don't get I I don't know know. if that's a good idea (laughs) (laughs) don't they say you're not supposed to drive through water that's like on the road yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to put your human body in that as well.
2: Probably not. I was a little upstream though. I was careful. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm, I'm not. I'm the uh, least thrill seeker. You like you know when people go on vacation they're like, "I don't do this. I want to do that." I I Bungie avoid jumps. vacationing with those people. I think I went um uh, mountain you're stressing me out. Yeah, I went mountain biking um in Mexico like with cactus and I was crying at the end. I'm like, "This is not what I like to do on vacation."
1: Yeah, you like you want to just chill and relax. You want to chill. Yeah. So don't worry about me. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And then anything else we should know about PCOS that we didn't cover?
2: I think a main, I mean, there's just so much, but I think we covered some basics and hopefully some aha moments for women. But I think the main thing is if you're struggling with PCOS, it's not your destiny. And if your doctor say you have to be on medication the rest of your life, or you might never get pregnant, like all of these things, um, are usually manageable or even reversible. I mean, I completely reverse my PCOS. It's not, I don't have the diagnosis of it, and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but you can absolutely manage the syndrome when you do take a holistic approach and you show up for yourself um, and you advocate for your health. So I just hope that's more of like a theme that if you have it, you might feel like the weight of it right now, but it doesn't define who you are. And there's so many resources to manage it and go on with your life.
1: That's awesome. Is there anything you are studying now new continuing edu- education stuff that you're excited about that you're kind of like pulling into your practice now or just you know has your curiosity and you're starting to learn about
2: yeah i'm actually um doing a training at the end of this month um neuro linguistics programming (NLP), cool. like the introductory um i guess level so i want to learn a lot more about behavior the way our brain works. I mean, so much of what I do is coaching, you know, mindset coaching, overcoming the limiting beliefs that PCOS have put on us. So um, further developing those skills to um, support women. And I'm always doing continuing education around PCOS and um, deep diving into the best herbs, the best foods. So that, I mean, that's just an ongoing practice. (laughs) Just constantly
1: studying everything.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love it. But I, yeah, to some degree.
1: (laughs) So then what does your mom think of you being in this field now. Is your mom still just as hippie as she was?
2: She's a yeah, yeah, she's still super holistic. I think now uh the the roles have reversed. So now I can teach her a little bit more, yeah. but it's still super fun. She does a lot of these like functional medicine conferences and she'll really? send me the notes and we'll talk on the phone about it. So um yeah, she's wonderful. My dad's also a big supporter if anybody it goes on Instagram, sometimes he leaves little comments. It's kind of cute, so they're both like really into it and um I think just super happy that I can you know share this gift now it was it was a little challenging for the whole family at one point <laughs> <laughs> financially and emotionally, you know yeah. Um. but now, yeah, it's great.
1: yeah, it sounds like you have an awesome family
2: yeah they're they're pretty cool.
1: yeah, very you know kind of like cool tribe that's all holistic and focused on health mm-hmm. kind of feeds. Everybody feeds off each other.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Well, I don't have anything else, I guess, to cover. Anything cool. lasting you want to share or say that we didn't touch on?
2: Well, I think something that's exciting, I didn't even mention... I guess like my company or how it works, Um, I mean, completely virtual now, but I did create a holistic healing guide for PCOS. So that was like a year in the making of like, what kind of information do I cover? How do I want to show up? How do I want to deliver it? You know, what are the gaps? Like what are women not getting? Why are they confused? So, um, that course is available now, which is super exciting. So it's like a four week course people can do at home. It covers everything from nutrition to lifestyle, to gut health for PCOS, lab testing, supplements. Um, There's a live question and answer that's involved in it. So we can actually have like a live touch point so people can ask me questions. So I'm super excited about that Um, and just did a complete rebrand, Women's Nutrition Clinic. So the website has tons of blogs, resources, YouTube. So I just wanna share that. I'm so excited about that. It was really fun and it's been a lot of hard work too, but totally worth it.
1: So how do we find it?
2: Women'sNutritionClinic.com um, has all the resources, the course, and if you just want to learn more, like I said, there's blogs, there's the whole YouTube channel. I've been on YouTube for almost two years now. So hey, congratulations! You get a little, yeah, little snippets of information over there.
1: Cool, and your YouTube channel is the same name.
2: Same name. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, sweet. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was another fun episode. I'm really enjoying meeting all these different professionals and people with. Uh, Stories of healing and health as it is inspiring me to uh, get my own self care more dialed in. I used to enjoy walking a ton, so I'm definitely going to focus on uh, a little bit more walking. Move to Austin to enjoy the nature, and that's going to be one of my goals. And for your focus for the week, I want you to focus on getting into nature. I want you to focus on taking time, whether it's 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. Even if it's just sitting outside or sitting by the window, taking time to get into nature and tune into how your body's feeling. Tune into what it is that you feel like you're needing uh, for self-care and connecting with that nature as we're entering in these summer months. So that is your focus for the week. And I thank you again for watching this episode Uh, Please share this with anybody you think would benefit from this episode. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you have an idea or topic for the show. Maybe you want to be on the show and you're interested in working with Brent. Visit our Instagram at bodies by Brent ATX. See you next time on bodies by Brent.